Welcome to The Savvy Sauce, where we have practical chats for intentional living. I'm your host, Laura Duggar, and I'm so glad you're here. I want to say thank you to our sponsor, Peoria Christian School. They are raising a generation of 21st century Christian leaders right here in central Illinois. Visit their website at peoriachristian.org. Thanks for your sponsorship. Katie Mueller is my guest today, and we've known each other our entire lives from growing up in the same small town. Prepare to be inspired to travel with your family after listening to this message where she's going to vision cast and then problem solve barriers that stand in the way of us choosing to prioritize memory making with our families. Here's our chat. Welcome to the Savvy Sauce, Katie. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. Will you just start us off by telling us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, I grew up in a family. I had two sisters and my mom was the travel guide in our house. Uh, She made traveling an experience by always going somewhere new and seeing new parts of the United States and of the world. And then my dad was, he played the part that was like the good sport who went along with whatever we did. Um, It was hiking, laying on the beach. He just did a great job of being up for anything. He liked traveling because we liked it. And then I married about 14 years ago and my husband hadn't traveled as extensively as I had but I knew how much I loved it as a girl. And I really wanted to start making it a priority when we had children. Uh, So we currently, we have four kids, they're ages four to 12. And our vacations are just starting to look a little bit different now that the kids are getting older. Uh, We know time goes fast and we can go farther without naps, pack and plays, all that, all that stuff that kind of holds you back a little bit. That's so interesting to hear their ages now, because has traveling always been a priority, like even when they were in diapers and doing nap schedules, did you and your husband still take them? We did. I would say the difference was that it wasn't as far. We knew traveling, you know, to the ocean wouldn't matter as much to the kids if you just went to a lake or if you, you know, we we knew where we lived in central Illinois and we just kind of drew a circle around where we lived. And we just said, you know what, we're just going to maybe go max of three hours or we're just going to find a zoo that they haven't been to or a children's museum. So I think travel, you're going to, it's going to look different in the seasons uh, that your kids are, but I don't think kids notice what the ocean looks like versus, you know, a big lake or something like that. That's good to hear because then anybody listening, regardless of what stage their kids are at, this can still be applicable. So what is your personal vision for why it's important to prioritize traveling during all of these stages of life? Well, one of my motivations for traveling with my family is my dad passed away kind of suddenly about 10 years ago. And I think when something like that happens, you realize the years aren't guaranteed with your loved ones. So I've had more of a passion to to use those moments to build relationships, be thankful for the people that God has put in my life. And it has caused me to go, it's not forever. It's it's not a guarantee and, and to make living life a priority. Definitely. That was so tragic when... We heard about your dad passing so suddenly, and so I'm really thankful for that legacy that he left and all those memories you all had created. So true. 
One of the questions I think we can ask ourselves is, am I making the most of my time on earth? We all have goals for our families, goals for our relationships, and we have things that we seek and that we spend money on and that we want for our family. And I find traveling to be a very valuable and worthy experience to include in family life. I think God used traveling with his children. He told Abraham, move your family from where you're comfortable to an unknown location. He led and he provided for his children of Israel for 40 years in the desert. So I think there's an element of faith that can be used when we get out of our self-controlled, comfortable homes and, and we go out, we trust God through it. I think it's it's valuable. And I also think we are journeying through life. It's a journey that we're we start, you know, maybe when we get married or something, and our daily lives are just filled with the unexpected up and downs. I don't think staying home necessarily means we're safe or, you know, unexpected's not going to happen. So I, I think that traveling does create opportunities to have faith to say, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know where, you know, we're going to stay the night or I don't know what circumstances are going to happen in our day, but I'm excited for the adventure. Did you ever learn any lessons from traveling that were related to this idea of not really being in control, regardless of your home or you're on a journey? So many. They are often the most impactful things as I as I look back. They're the things that sometimes mean the most or I've learned the most. I remember them. So one time I was I was in high school and, you know, I think looking back, I had control issues. I, I thought, you know, if I plan for A then A will happen. I remember as a young person, uh, one of our first trips that we took on an airplane internationally, uh, my mom had gotten all of us girls ready and we had we had packed our bags. I was probably a high schooler. And my dad was in charge of the paper plane tickets. That was his job to, to get those in the van. Well, we start going in about two hours from our home. He kind of stops and realizes he forgot those plane tickets. And so we turn around, get them, get to the airport just in time and realize we don't have the right birth certificates, not the authorized ones. And we ended up spending that night in the Mexico City airport. And many people, you know, even myself included, you would think, what a waste, what a disappointment. And there was aspects for sure of that. But then as I look back at that and I thought, you know what, for some reason, God said, this isn't going to happen today and this isn't going to happen how you've planned it. I really took away from that just the ability to say, God, I don't I, I don't control anything. And I think sometimes the the mistakes, the hardships that come, even with travel, give you a character development that can just be a real life impactful moment for you that's unexpected. Definitely. And I've heard you speak before to groups just about encouraging their families to travel. And as you're still casting vision, I wanted to highlight one study. You mentioned that there was a study on elderly people and they were asked to list all of their regrets. Mm -hmm. Can you pick up what you found from that study? Sure. One study was done recently that asked elderly people to kind of look back on their life and tell about regrets, things they wish they could tell younger people, you know, that they wish they could have done differently. And number four on their list was not traveling enough. And sometimes we put off trips till retirement. 
but then we might not be healthy or our family situation might change. So their advice to people was traveling should take precedent over things that you could spend money on. So if you have a choice between a kitchen remodel and a trip, they would have said, take the trip. Another British study that I had just also read about was that they said that after a vacation with a family, kids are happier long after the vacation is over. It said that there was more brain development done by building a sandcastle with your child than handing them a tablet. It even concluded that these bonds that we make with our children on trips, it kind of prepares family for tough times ahead. We're connected. We love each other. We, we've been through the tough stuff and we're ready for what comes next. You build this team mentality. The study even found that it didn't matter how far you went or how long you went. It's just that you went. It made a difference in the kids' lives. That's fascinating mm -hmm. that something as enjoyable as traveling together as a family, that that's actually increasing the resilience of the family. Totally. Just going back to what you said at the beginning, I'm still stuck on that. I love how you highlighted that God used traveling for his own children, and it's such a valuable experience, but it seemed like he really knew that was good for them. I think that's true. And I think sometimes things are hard. We know that with our children, you know, it doesn't mean that this road is going to be easy. I think he knew that, but he knew it was valuable, valuable for their character, for their heart. And so I think I look at travel the same way. I look at it as a valuable experience for your kid's heart, for your heart. You know, as a mom, I have been there when I'm like this, whether it's the weather or this car trip isn't quite going how I wished. Maybe we had left in the middle of the night and we were like planning that the kids would sleep. This has happened. <laughs> and and they didn't. And they're wide awake. And it's two in the morning. And I've had those moments where I'm like, this is just not going how I want. But I've learned through it. And I, I think travel provides those chances to learn. So many lessons. And can you take us back and let's just first define what travel is and then maybe share about three different trips per year that you believe should take priority? Sure. So I'm going to be really general and I'm going to say just traveling is leaving your house. I'm going to say it could be from one day. I think those short trips are still considered traveling and, and you can go up to, you know, however long you want to go. Another thing I, I want to relieve pressure is, is it really doesn't matter how far you go. We've traveled with our family for 20 minutes away. And if you have little kids, you know, maybe it's just a hotel stay in a different town. So it just means you're leaving your home to stay somewhere different. The only thing that I would say about traveling is that you have to return. You can't keep going or you can't stay away forever. You have to come back to your home. <laughs> I love it. That's a great broad description. And so what are those three trips per year that you believe should take priority? So in my opinion, we can take all different kinds of trips, but I think there's three trips that should take a priority when you're scheduling your year and you're, you're planning for your family. And one of the first trips I think should be a priority is traveling with your core family. I know some families love to go with grandma and grandpa or cousins, but really make sure that one time in your year, you're traveling with just you, your spouse, and your kiddos, and really making those connections as a core family. Another trip that I would say is travel with your spouse. I think that should be a yearly thing that just you and your spouse are getting away, 
making those connections too, apart from the kids and enjoying your friendship and your love that you have for each other. And then I would even say a third one is traveling with other women or your husband wants to go away with other men. I think it's it's nice to get away with people who can relate to you and who are sharing and going through the same things as you. So whether it's your your mom and your sister or your best friends, I think that's a priority trip that is a connection that is so different than your kids or your spouse, but is important to keep yourself from being depressed or keep yourself from being run down. Yeah. And it's always nice to have something to look forward to. Definitely. Now on the other side, what do you think are some obstacles to traveling? So bottom line, I think we make time for what's important to us. There are always going to be hard things about travel. There's going to be maybe a language barrier. There are going to be hard things to overcome. But it's our choice whether we make these to be the deal breakers or something to pray and plan for. I think one obstacle is money. Some people say, I can't. It's just too expensive. I think that we can plan for the expense of travel. One thing like that we do is we don't need it out as much. Maybe we stay in a condo that has a kitchen and we grill or we buy our food at the store and and just make it kind of at the condo so that we're not spending money that way. Another way to save money is just to walk. If you're in a city, walk to those locations. It saves you, you know, travel cost. You could kind of pick your splurge. If if you're going to stay somewhere fun, then maybe you're not going to eat out on that trip. Or if you're going to camp, then maybe you don't want to worry about food and you're going to say, let's go out to eat. But I think as your year goes on, you're going to want to make this a, a team effort. So even recently, my kids came to me and they're like, mom, there's a book fair at the school. You know, we want we want to buy books. And I just reminded them, like, we can get books from the library. We have lots of books on our bookshelves. Maybe we're not going to get books this year so that we can use that money and save it to the trip. So keep your kids' vision for that trip. And we're not going to go out to eat tonight because we're going to put that $20, $30 and, and we're going to put that toward we get to go somewhere as a family. That's great to loop them in on the process. Did you do that starting at a certain age or was that always just a natural conversation to keep your kids included on that process? You know what? That's something I would say I, I've just started when they've started to understand, you know, the the need and the want. They're starting to say, well, I really want this. And I, I will remind them, yep, there are a lot of things that we want. But as a parent, my job is to point them to what I think is the most valuable. So there's lots of things I could buy them or lots of things they could purchase. But I want to point them to, I think this time that we spend together is going to be more worthwhile than that book that you read one time and put on a bookshelf or whatever. And now a brief message from our sponsor. This sponsor is particularly special to our editor, Natalie, because this is the school where her husband teaches and her children attend. Peoria Christian School, grades pre-K through 12, offers a Christ-centered, award-winning education for students. They believe eternity matters, and so they want to share the importance of knowing the Lord personally. PCS supports the Christian home and church by teaching from a biblical worldview. Their caring faculty and staff infuses God's truths through every area of the day, not just in daily Bible classes or in weekly chapels. 
Peoria Christian students engage in active learning through STEAM, Bring Your Own Device in High School, and so much more. The Peoria Christian Elementary School was named a 2017 National Blue Ribbon School of Excellence, and the high school was named a 2018 National Blue Ribbon Exemplary High Performing School. PCS students grow in every aspect through their safe environment as teachers share their faith throughout the day. It is another place where your student hears and sees how to live with a Christ-like attitude and develop biblically-based character. The students are academically challenged and spiritually equipped for the next phase of life as lifelong learners. Peoria Christian School is raising a generation of 21st century Christian leaders. Visit their website at peoriachristian.org and schedule a campus tour today. Thanks for your sponsorship. So are there any other obstacles that we need to overcome to travel more? I think childcare can be tricky. You know, if you're going to go out with uh, the girls or you're going to travel with your spouse, you know, who's going to take care of the kids? And I know sometimes we think as moms, I don't think anyone's going to do it just like I did. And and I think that we have to, again, preparing them for the future, we, we have to let go. We have to go, you know what, this is going to be good for them when they realize that mom or dad aren't going to be there all the time and, you know, find creative ways to trade with friends, to trade with family. I know of a a couple that they trade babysitting and then they get to go on a trip that year. And then the next year it's their job to babysit. So what a great way to say, I'm going to travel and yet I'm going to also help my friends travel and be with their spouse too. Another one that I thought of is anxiety. I think sometimes people being outside of their home, this just causes them a lot of stress. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know where I'm going to go. And I want to remind people they're they're not anymore in control when they're at home. We can be deceived by that. We can think, oh, my, my kids are going to be safe. I know that I've dealt with travel anxiety, especially when I'm leaving my kids and and kind of what I've went through. I think, what if I what if I don't see them again? And yet I know that, you know, I trust God, you're in control, whether I'm at home or whether I'm thousands of miles away from my kids, you're going to handle it. So I I think that's something we just have to keep saying, this is an unknown. I am scared and being really authentic about that. And yet also saying, but God, I know you're in control anyway. And the last um, obstacle that I could think of is sometimes we get resistance from a from a spouse. Sometimes maybe we've grown up traveling, but our spouse hasn't. Or sometimes they might say, I I just don't want to. So I think one of the first things we need to do to overcome that is to just find out why. What about travel do they not like? Is it frustrating? Is there something scary? Maybe they just didn't grow up with it. So if, if that's kind of your situation, I would recommend keeping it simple at first. Don't go far. Make the location that you pick be as close to home as possible. So this isn't overwhelming. You know, maybe something like an all-inclusive resort where they're not having to drive far. They're not having to pick different locations to eat. Make it as stress-free for your spouse as you can. And then I think sometimes with relationships, you just kind of have to make a deal. That's fine. If we want to go short trips, maybe with the kids, but how about for our anniversary? Do you think we could go a little bit farther? And one thing that I think is a good thing to remember is it's okay to love that this isn't home. It's okay to get somewhere and go, this is a big city. It's loud and noisy. And I kind of like being at home or it's quiet or, or the traffic isn't as bad. That's okay. It, it brings contentment. 
you know, everything would be so boring if it was the same. So travel is is trying to get you to see like, this is not my home and that's okay. I'm thankful for where I live, but it doesn't have to be something that you don't do just because it's different. So I wanted to say that we even have personalities that kind of affect everything we do. Some people, we go to a restaurant and we order the same thing every time. I don't love to exercise, but I do it because it's good for my body. So I think we can overcome those obstacles to travel in the same way. There's not going to be an ideal travel location or a way that you have to do it. Make it work for your family, but ultimately don't live with the regret that we should have gone. Don't let those obstacles be be something that says, I'm not going to do it. I love that you gave us some solutions for each of those obstacles. That's really helpful. And are there any ways that you would recommend we make travel especially memorable? I think it's that connection that will help the trip last longer than just the week that you're gone. Uh, We have to put effort into this. So that's what makes this more like traveling and not just a vacation. Uh, One thing I thought of, I kind of thought of the five senses And for sight, I thought uh, maybe it would be a great idea to make a photo book after each trip so the kids can look back and remember the pictures and the memories. I encourage people to see things that aren't the same at home. Plan a vacation where you're going to see different scenery, different people, and be in awe of what God has done. Uh, Psalm 92.4 says, For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work, and at the works of your hands I sing for joy. I vividly remember standing at Niagara Falls and the Grand Canyon and and the ocean and just marveling at what God did. And so I hope that as we travel, you know, it points to our creator. And as we see things and we, we marvel at what he's made, it will cause us to worship him. Another thing for, for hearing and making a connection is One thing we do is we have a soundtrack and we listen to songs as we travel in the car. We sing them. We sing them often. And then when we get home, if we hear that song, oh, yeah, that that reminds me of my, you know, my time in Colorado or something like that. Another thing at the end of the day, talk about the favorite things that you've seen that day and listen as you remember back. Sit around the campfire, sit around the table and say, what did you like about today? Another thing that I thought was so good for hearing is just to slow down the hustle and bustle of our lives. This is what traveling offers us is to ask each other questions, to just sit and listen to the wind. How often do we take the opportunity, interact with the locals? It's a chance to learn and and grow. Another thing when when we're out traveling, we can touch, we can go out among nature, the city, wherever you are, experience that culture, that land, go to the markets, touch things that are special to those people, even just swing in a hammock with someone you love. That kind of goes back to just sitting and listening, hold each other, really spend time together wherever you're at. It's a time to take a break and just be with each other. Another thing I thought of with taste is, is try a dish that that region is famous for, even gives your kids that connection back. Oh yeah, I remember when we we tried lobster in Maine. That's something they're famous for. And they will remember and connect tasting something and trying something new with your travel experience. And then the last thing, even for smell, I think that can be part of your travel experience is just to be mindful. 
as you're walking in a forest or sitting on the beach, point out to your kids, do you smell what this forest is like? What do you smell at the beach? And really make it an experience that connects all those things to where they're at. I love that. And just one more thing to add, I've heard you share it before. You've said that to make the connection with travel, there's something hanging in your boy's bedroom. Can you share about that? Sure. So when we travel, there's a map hanging in my boy's bedroom that they can put a little magnet on the the place that we've gone. So it's super fun for them to look back and go, you know, where have I gone that's the farthest? Or where should we go next? And I think it gives them a visual of where they've been and how big this world is. And so I hope that they can continue kind of just marking their territory as we keep traveling with them. That's great. Love it with the five senses. Have you ever shared an episode of The Savvy Sauce with a friend? We would love it if you would pause right now and share this episode or any of your prior favorites. This grassroots approach is going to help us accomplish our mission, which states, we exist to invite you to a space to meet with Jesus and be filled with joy to overflowing. We hope you share that joy today. Any other things that come to mind to make travel really memorable? I think one thing that's important is, is to journal or make make some kind of way that you can remember back. We so easily forget the week passes and we move on to something else. And ultimately, I just want to tell each family to laugh. I think that's the best emotional connection. It's not going to go perfect, I promise. But if you can laugh with those people that mean so much to you, they're going to remember not the hard things, but they're just going to remember your reactions to them. So this made me think of when we traveled last year to Georgia, we were about two hours into our trip. And my husband asked me to climb in the back and see if he had put his bag in. And he hadn't. He only had the clothes on his back. Well, when we got there to Georgia, we just went to the Walmart. He bought this gray shirt, these gray shorts, and the kids still laugh at the two outfits that dad wore the whole trip. Our reaction to our upsets in our trip can have a powerful emotional effect on us and our kids. So don't worry about, you know, the weather's bad. Have a fun game indoors. I think sometimes those spontaneous things the times where it's not planned, but you just, you know, belly laugh about something that happened can be the most powerful memories of your whole trip. I remember you also sharing that storytelling is a big part of traveling. Can you share how your family personalizes that? Definitely. This has been something that my husband has brought to travel that I never had, but I just love and it makes that connection so much long after the trip. So he's great. He calls them characters. When we travel, we find characters. We'll find people, you know, find the find the best lookalike. Find someone who looks like somebody back home. And we'll, we'll try to find uh, somebody that reminds us of back home. And then we also like to find characters. These would be people that we see often that just give us a giggle or just make us remember something. So I have never met... Hoggy one and Hoggy two, but my boys go fishing with my husband and they'll come back and they'll tell a story about 
this these two men who were hogging the best spot in the fishing stream. And so they nicknamed them Hoggy One and Hoggy Two. And they laughed when Hoggy One and Hoggy Two fell in the water and were splashing around. And it's it's a story. It's a memory that they share. I remember even when my husband and I went on a cruise and there was a man who was just speed walking around this cruise ship so fast. And we nicknamed him Lightning McQueen. And we were, there's Lightning McQueen. So that's something that after the trip, you share that with just your loved one that went on the trip that again, makes that connection, makes that giggle calm well after the trip is over. Yes, those inside jokes can last for such a long time and bring up laughter for years to come. Well, let's just get really practical. If someone doesn't know where to start after they hear all of this, what are some steps that they can take to plan a trip maybe in this coming year? So the first thing that I would do is you just need to decide where to go. I'm someone who I just research. I try to think of somewhere new. Be inspired by talking to someone. Don't feel pressure to go to some exotic location every time. That's not the important thing. Again, you just want to say, have I gone to the mountains? Well, maybe then I'll try to do some history trip. Or have I done the beach a lot? Then maybe I should try a mission trip. When our kids were little, the places we traveled were not far away. They didn't know the difference between an ocean or a lake. So we chose as a family not to travel longer than like five hours with them in the car. We would just pick a different city each year. Different cities provide lots of things. We would go to the zoo, a children's museum, maybe a fun restaurant, and they would swim at the pool. So ideally, your kids are going to remember best a trip. This is my opinion when they're about between the ages of 6 to 18. So I would use that range to plan your bigger trips. I would wait till they're older. If you're going to spend money on a trip, you know, a lot of money on a trip, wait till they're older to remember and to really have those memories. And just think of the kinds of trips that will give your kids a wide range of experiences. In my research, there were seven vacations you should take before your kids grow up. So one of them, they said, was an African safari. Another one was some sort of amusement park like Disney, Wisconsin Dells, or Six Flags. A third trip they recommended was a European road trip. A fourth trip was a history trail, whether it was Boston or Washington, D.C. or Athens. Another one was U.S. national and state parks. Another one was snorkeling the Great Barrier Reef. And I even included like just go to the ocean with that. And then the last trip that I think is a really impactful for your kids is to take a mission trip sometime between those ages. That's awesome to hear some suggestions. And I even think history, I know one on our bucket list for long term is just going to Israel and getting to see where Jesus walked. So it's helpful to have these general themes and then we can personalize it to whatever makes sense for our family. Exactly. Exactly. So after you've decided where to go, next, I would begin with booking your flights and hotels. One thing that I've read a lot about is don't make the mistake of booking too late or too early. The ideal time is about two months before your departure. Too late or too early, you're going to have more cost and you might not get your choice of seats or you might not, there might not be availability. So when you're booking your flights, remember that Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays are the cheapest day to fly. Being flexible with your dates will give you a cheaper ticket price. 
Also, this is one that my mom did. Don't be afraid to take those kiddos out of school. It doesn't have a long-term effect on their grades. Uh, sometimes it's cheaper during the school year to go. You know, the summers, the holidays, they're expensive. So if budget is a big priority and you don't think you're going to be able to go, being a week out of school is, isn't going to hurt them in the long run. So don't be afraid to, to not travel just because they have a school schedule. A great time to go is right after the end of a place's high season. The weather's usually good. It's less crowded. So that would be a great time to, to travel. And just check different websites to find the best deal. Then I would say after you've booked your flights, your hotels, the last thing you want to book is activities. Um, what are you going to do in this location? So often I read on TripAdvisor or Trivago and I read what other people say about it. What did they think about this beach? What did they think about this hike? Just because everyone does it doesn't mean it's the best for your family. I know my kids get motion sickness, so maybe a Six Flags isn't going to work for my family. That's okay. You have to do what's best for you, and the activities should be catered to what your kids like. If you have a son who really loves airplanes, you know, see if there's a museum. See if you can go somewhere that caters to that interest and love. Another website you can look on is likealocalguide.com, and this gives tips from locals in the area. So people who know this area best, that would be a great website to go when you're trying to book an activity. What do locals suggest you do in this area? And then also remember to check on free activities. We did this a lot when we had little kids. So there's some museums libraries are free. And we have gone to a really neat puppet show and a children's time and been to a library where it was it was all free and my kids really enjoyed it. There's often some tours that could be free. Maybe you would just have to tip the guide. So just kind of be a researcher. Look at what is there to do and what fits my family. These step-by-steps are so helpful. And do you have any other travel tips in general? One thing I would just keep in mind is to make travel fun. Whether you're riding in a car, I take a little map that I bought from Melissa and Doug, and it helps the kids to find different license plates from different states. Or we'll play the ABC game as we're traveling along. If the car ride's getting boring, tell the kids at a, at a rest stop or at, at the restaurant, let's switch seats. Let's try something new. So I think that as long as you're journeying along and and you're keeping it fun and keeping it so that this is exciting. You know, what can we see? I know one time my mom packed little gifts for the kids. And if they, if they saw it was like a scavenger hunt, if they saw three trucks or if they saw two trains or five motorcycles, then they could open a little gift. And this was for the long car ride. And it was so fun that the kids were, you know, looking for those things. And then they got to open a little gift that she had wrapped for them. So I think those are neat things that your kids, again, will remember. And it just keeps those long hours of traveling fun. Those are so fun. What about, I've heard people that use audiobooks. Have you guys ever traveled with audiobooks for your family? We have, and we have really enjoyed it. We'll find a a fun book from the library that, you know, the kids want to listen to. And we will listen to that as a family and, and laugh or I think lots of kids enjoy the Adventures in Odyssey series. So yeah, find something that your kids like to do 
I try to have even boundaries, whether it's a long trip in the car with technology. You know, I don't want to be driving through the mountains and my kids in front of the screen when they can be looking out. So there's a time that, you know, it's quiet time in the car. And then there's a time where you just say, just chill, just read a book, just talk to each other and encourage that family time because that's really nice. I know when I'm driving in the car, that's one of my favorite times to talk to my husband. I love it because we're not always so close together. We don't often have uninterrupted time. So just use even a car ride as a time to connect. Such a great idea. And I think we could even link to a bunch of these websites that we've been mentioning or even products that we use that have helped out travel, even as far as going into some kids' toys that keep their attention during those long car rides. But let's circle back now to the vision that you cast for us at the beginning. Will you share the rest of your story about your family and why those travel memories are especially dear to you now? Yes, we went on one of my favorite trips that I ever took with my family about six years before my dad died. We did a European road trip, and then we went on to do an African safari. And I think after you've lost someone, when you remember back to the great times with them, it's always around an experience. Nobody ever says, I remember when we got those new countertops. Best memory. My dad drove around a rusty old pickup when he sure could have used our family's travel money to buy a new one. But I'm so thankful that I have this legacy of memories and laughs that I experienced with him while he lived. He gave me something so much more valuable, and I'm really thankful that we lived life while he was here. I know my kids are growing quickly. I don't know the journey that God has planned for their lives, and I didn't, just as Jesus didn't count it too costly to travel to earth, to show me how much he loved me. I want my kids, I want my husband, my friends to know that I'm willing to give up things just to be with them. That's so good. Thank you for sharing that. And that's so impactful to hear your whole story and how that played out. So experiencing all of that with your story, what encouragement do you want to leave with all of the listeners today? I think I want them to just be inspired to be an adventurer to see and to experience creation. My biggest prayer for my family is that that first we'll get to spend eternity with Christ when we get a new earth and a heaven to explore. But celebrate life. If you're turning 40, if you've been married for 30 years, if your baby's out of diapers, celebrate it. Be thankful. Enjoy what you've given. I think that's what, you know, tragedy sometimes speaks into your life is that you you want to live it live it to the fullest. And I think travel just provides a chance for you to do that with your family away from the distractions, away from the interruptions of home. And I know that often my little ones will say, you know, can you play with me? And I can, but oh, first I've got to, you know, switch a load of laundry or I'm going to get supper ready. And so when I'm removed from that, I can celebrate. I, I get you in my life. Uh, God has made us, you know, put us together as a team. And if we get lost on this journey, we're going to get lost together. And I'm going to just be so thankful that, that God has given me you. I think that's so encouraging just to intentionally celebrate life. Mm -hmm. And Katie, I just have one final question for you today, because 
were called the savvy sauce because savvy is synonymous with practical knowledge or discernment. And so we would all love to know, what is your savvy sauce? Well, one thing that I have learned along the way is that it gets busy and overwhelming as a mom. It has been so helpful for me to break tasks or goals down into doable smaller parts for my day. So let's say losing 10 pounds, that might be a long-term goal, but if I look at just that, that looks overwhelming to me. So maybe for me, I'll just say, just exercise today. Or cleaning the whole house, I'll get overwhelmed and want to stop as I plow through each room. But maybe I could just say, you know what, just clean the bedrooms today. Same thing with planning a trip. It might look so overwhelming. I don't know how I'm going to do that, but just think of one thing you can do that day. If I try to just accomplish part of the whole goal each day, I'm more productive and I'm less likely to quit. That's great. That makes a lot of sense. It's kind of like that story. The best way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. And so you've encouraged all of us just to keep on steadily plotting and to have these visions and goals in front of us. And this has been so much fun to get to spend time with you. And I'm definitely leaving inspired to travel with my family. So thanks for joining us today. Thanks. I really enjoyed it. One more thing before you go. Have you heard the term gospel before? It simply means good news, and I want to share the best news with you. But it starts with the bad news. Every single one of us were born sinners, and God is perfect and holy, so He cannot be in the presence of sin. Therefore, we're separated from Him. This means there's absolutely no chance we can make it to heaven on our own. So for you and for me, it means we deserve death and we can never pay back the sacrifice we owe to be saved. We need a savior. But God loved us so much, he made a way for his only son to willingly die in our place as the perfect substitute. This gives us hope of life forever in right relationship with him. That is good news. Jesus lived the perfect life we could never live and died in our place for our sin. This was God's plan to make a way to reconcile with us so that God can look at us and see Jesus. We can be covered and justified through the work Jesus finished if we choose to receive what he has done for us. Romans 10:9 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So would you pray with me now? Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to take our place. I pray someone today, right now, is touched and chooses to turn their life over to you. Will you clearly guide them and help them take their next step in faith to declare you as Lord of their life? We trust you to work and change the lives now for eternity. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are declaring him for me, so me for him you get the opportunity to live your life for Him. At this podcast, we are called Savvy for a reason. We want to give you practical tools to implement the knowledge you have learned. So you're ready to get started? First, tell someone. Say it out loud. Get a Bible. The first day I made this decision, my parents took me to Barnes & Noble to get the Quest NIV Bible, and I love it. Start by reading the book of John. Get connected locally which basically means just tell someone who is part of the church in your community that you made a decision to follow Christ. I'm assuming they will be thrilled to talk with you about further steps. 
such as going to church and getting connected to other believers to encourage you. We want to celebrate with you too, so feel free to leave a comment for us if you made a decision for Christ. We also have show notes included where you can read scripture that describes this process. Finally, be encouraged. Luke 15.10 says, In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The heavens are praising with you for your decision today. If you've already received this good news, I pray that you have someone else to share it with today. You are loved, and I look forward to meeting you here next time.